Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as usual on Fridays by JP Ong and Jeff Howie from the SGX. It has been a wild week. We've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, haven't we? It has been a wild week this week. Yes. <laughs> it probably will be an equally wild week next week. But let's drill down on this week. It has been very volatile. There were jitters. There were fears. But the nice thing about it was yesterday we crossed over the psychological threshold of 3200 and pretty much we've stayed there even today. In fact, we've built just a little bit of padding just for good measure here. We're up by about two and a half points a day, at least for where the Straits Times Index is. Yes, we're in the green. It's just by a couple of drops, but it, but up nonetheless. And we're now at three thousand, almost at 3,223. How's that for some symmetry, right? The rest of the region is looking a bit more, let's see, a Actually, they're starting to steady themselves. In fact, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is the only one that's actually trading lower. They're down by about 156 points right now. Everybody else among the majors that we track are all gaining some ground today. Um, the, uh, down in Australia, the ASX 200 is up by about 27 points. You've got Shanghai and Shenzhen also trading about 0.6% in the green each. Hang Seng is up by about 152 points out in Hong Kong. And the Kospi in Korea currently trading about half a percent in the green also. So again, more of this this uh, measured and gradual gains that we're seeing across the region. Again, Singapore, the SCI, arguably the most uh, conservative of the, of the bunch. But uh, I believe it was uh, last Wednesday, actually, that the STI outperformed most of its other major peers. Yeah, it was this Wednesday. Yeah, that was, was that Wednesday, actually, that right? Was, that was our strongest day of the year so far. So the STI gained 1.5%. And that, as you said, puts us back into that symmetric level of 32.23. And of course, that is where we ended last year as well. So from price performance, SDI is predominantly flat, but we have got uh, a little bit of gain on the dividend side of it with uh, REITs already into their dividend distributions for the last quarter. Mm, yeah, and uh, as, as, as Jeff just uh, mentioned there, we're back to that particular level, so back to square. You know, it's, it, it, given all the volatility that we've uh, and uncertainty we've seen over the last couple of weeks, being back at square one is not a bad place to be at, actually. It gives us some room to actually try and recoup some of those gains, but a lot of this will depend on just how uh, quickly or, or whether or not the next developments regarding this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus actually starts to show signs of peaking or if it starts to get better or worse. One thing we saw, at least over the last two weeks, is that sentiment here, sentiment in the region has been very closely correlated, actually, as to whether or not the rate of uh, spread is uh, picking up or the rate of spread is dropping, depending on what the um, perception is. Except for today, they, they did see, another, again, more cases are being reported out of China, but you're seeing most markets holding their ground for the most part, except for those out in Japan down so by So who are the big percent. gainers for this week? Which sectors got the most love? Shall we you rates? <laughs> <laughs> and again, it, go, it just goes to show again there is still that defensive uh, and the winner defensive again. strategy. Well, <laughs> well uh, it's, if you look across the thirty constituents of the STI, while while the index itself is flat, remember we always make the point that we are so highly diversified in the STI in terms of the different sectors, in terms of the companies and the and the trusts that are generating all this revenue across the region. So much so that if you look at the best performer, just in the for these first six, seven weeks of 2020, you've got Maple Tree Logistics Trust, which has just recently joined the STI. That's the best performer. That's up 15% already mm. in the year mm. to date. It could also be partly the uh, new kid on the block phenomenon. 
we actually saw Maple Tree Commercial when they joined last year. I think it was in June or July. They raced from being no from nowhere to being the second best performer on the STI also. But it's also good mm. to be the new kid because you get a lot of that early sheen naturally from some of these investors. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, but you're right. You're totally right in terms of some of those traits that we saw last week have, of course, continued into 2020. Keppel DC REIT was, mm-hmm. uh, again, remember, we, you talked about that quite a bit last year. That's also been the best performer in the year today. That's up 22% already wow. in the year today. On and a, we're only, what, six weeks basis. into the year? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's uh, it's had a very, very good move. 20%, I should say, up 20%. And that follows its 66% gains last year. Then, of course, Clarissa, you've got the, the health stocks. You've got MedTex International, which... Uh, still holding strong. It's still holding. It's, it's, it's still in the year today. It's our... 30th most active stock by turnover. It's still um, averaging uh, significant turnover. And it also, uh, yeah, as of the close of yesterday, it was up 160% in the year to date. Mm-hmm. You've got a number of other healthcare plays that have also found their way into the top 100 stocks by turnover, which is UG Healthcare is the next one. You've got Clearbridge Health. You've got Riverstone Holdings, OEL even, which uh, had on, I think it was Wednesday night, flagged that it was moving into some healthcare-related businesses. And that's after it had appointed as its non-exec chairman uh, in Pendant director of MedTex International, mm-hmm. which, which we talked about just before, and then you've got BRC Asia's another stock, which is which is not healthcare related, but that's also been a, a strong performer in the year to date. Healthway Medical and uh, Top Glove, of course, is in there as well. I have a question. Last year. Uh, Jardine stocks didn't get too much love. But in the last couple of weeks, Jardine, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, mm. they've, they've actually had a bit of an uptick. Why is that? Do you know that um, last year we, we used to look at the US dollar quite a bit because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in uh, 2018, that US dollar rose for and a little bit percent, 4.4%. And that did weigh the Southeast Asian region somewhat and weigh some of those uh, US dollar denominated stocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, so last year we, we, we kind of ended flat on the US dollar, but it did rise for most of the year. It um, So it ended 2018 at, I think, around 95.70, got up to uh, 99.33, which is pretty high. And then back to ninety six oh six by the end of twenty nineteen. So, so it you know it, it didn't really move too much. A lot of frisky much. movement for yeah. the greenback, though. Right? It was a lot yeah. of frisky movement. You look at it this year; it's up three percent in the mm. year to date already. With the safe haven appeal of the U.S. dollar, as well as the U.S., uh, I guess the, the the monetary policy being in a unique advantage of having a strong consumer economy in the US, but a weak trade-related segment that is inspiring, I guess, market participants to expect that interest rates will be lowered again this year. And And yet you don't have the fall in the US dollar. It's so interesting, too, because uh, when I spoke to Lukman Atunaga of FXTM just a couple of Fridays ago, and I asked him, well, what do you think is the better, uh, what is the better um, safe haven play here when you look at currencies? Is it the yen or the Swiss franc? These are the two ones they all nominated. And he said, I think we're all overlooking this, the uh, appeal of king dollar, mm. because when you start to see uh, a flight to safe havens, keep in mind that U.S. treasuries are also one of these safe havens. So if the demand for U.S. bonds starts to pick up, then the demand for U.S. dollars to buy these bonds start to pick up also. And this also strengthens the, the, the greenback during times of trouble. And again, also, I mean, those good old-fashioned macroeconomic fundamentals, we're seeing strong consumer spending. You've got the Fed saying that, you know, all is well in the house. We have a couple of uh, shutters to close, but that's about it. And so far, the U.S. economy is looking solid. I mean, the dollar is, uh, it's arguably one of those, uh, uh, looking like it's looking like a very stable currency 
in a, mm. in an election year in the United States as well. And, that, right. and there has been that demand. There has been Clarissa that demand for the treasuries that JP spoke about. So for the first six seven weeks of this year, you've seen the U.S. Treasury uh, rate, the, I guess, the yield on the ten year notes fall from above one point nine percent to around one point six percent right mm, now mm. on the demand into the bonds. Okay, one of the industries that everyone is assuming is going to get very badly hit um, if this COVID nineteen continues to cause concerns is the retail industry, the the services industry. How are those stocks been well, performing? So taking a look right now at how where Capital Land is trading, we'll start off with some of the property developers. Capital Land up by about, it's actually trading about half a percent in the green. Mm-hmm. We want to take a look also at how some of these uh, REITs that operate in the commercial space are doing today. Capital Land Mall Trust is down by about 0.9% today. Capital Land REIT, Capital R China Trust down by about, by close to 2% so far, so far today. If you want to take a look at how some of these other developers are doing, city developments is up by half a percent. So it's a bit of a mixed uh, bag at the vote when you look at how some of these property stocks are doing. Oh, and uh, before I forget, good old-fashioned Shenxiong, which uh, saw a, a pop just, uh, what was it, last Monday, actually. Monday they are also looking very solid today. They're trading at up. They're trading about 1.6% higher, currently at one Singapore dollar and 30 cents apiece. Right. So right now, that doesn't really seem to be affecting the retailers. But if we move on into the months with this COVID-19 are they going to get hit? I think the uh, what a lot of uh, analysts it depend, it doesn't, it, who are looking at these sectors that they might get hit, not just for retail, but also for manufacturing, for tourism, they're saying that the real effects are going to be felt in the next couple of uh, couple of months, which is why the uh, the next quarterly earnings reports are going to be very interesting to watch out for. And when you look at some of the earnings that have been coming out, the questions are, well, how do you think it's going to impact your operations in the first three months of the year, it's very possible that that's going to uh, you're going to see some drag there, which also makes next week's budget very very interesting right. to see whether they address this. Um, it's been heralded before that uh, the Singapore government has uh, managed its uh, years, its its many years of surpluses wisely, and they've got quite a bit of firepower to throw at it. But the question isn't just will they, but how will they do that? Are there, are there going to be incentives rolled out for some of these businesses? Are there going to be breaks or perhaps some relief measures for rent? We've seen some of the uh, some of the banks and even Capital Land say, you know, we're going to start reducing some of these rents for the time being, a moratorium. We're going to have on principal payments also, just to help you guys get back on your feet, because this is pretty much, it's going to affect everybody. So everyone's going to have to share the load, I think. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely a, a legacy there of being very strategic in the in the in the cushioning and the and the and the, uh, the supportive policies. Whether it's directly uh, helping employment, whether it's directly helping cash flows, uh, we'll have a lot to uh, be watching on Tuesday. Um, and before Tuesday, of course, we have the GDP numbers. But there's also, um, I mean, we don't necessarily have to wait till Tuesday. Of course, you've got the LTA and the Ministry of Transport announcing that seventy-seven million dollar uh, support package to help taxi drivers and private car drivers as well here. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. we are already uh, at work now uh, looking at ways to support these industries that can see some slowdown as we all act vigilantly to mm-hmm. contain ourselves mm-hmm. and our activities. I think we're going to hunker down and expect uh, this COVID-19 to affect us with contingency planning, etc., for at least a couple of months. A couple of months, and not just in terms of uh, contingency planning for work, split teams, mm-hmm. and, uh, and say, um, managing uh, footfall and, and, and traffic flows, uh, just to make sure that crowds aren't, you know, 
don't really form and create more risks. You're also seeing a lot of these businesses coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, we need to start planning for for some of these some of these issues. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is uh, DBS mentioned that uh, yes, they had another excellent fourth quarter, but this year they they said we're not going to mince words. It's about one to two percent off for revenue if this thing gets worse. But they feel that they have the the proper cash buffers to actually maintain their credit quality. So they're all starting to think already at the moment. I am going to sneak in here sure. something that I have been saying that I wanted to talk about for a long time. And both of them are looking at me like, huh? Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, the thing is, we said 2020 would be a challenging year for luxury stocks mm-hmm. and the high-end retailers. Now with COVID-19, how much more challenging is 2020 going to be? Well, you know, um, I will... Who's tra- going to buy that Prada handbag now? Well, that's the thing. I th- and, uh, and Jeff's wife. <laughs> No, no chance. She's uh, and, oh, and uh, no and, ju- and just to uh, and uh, just to uh, uh, burst uh, the bubbles of people who are hoping for discounts from these luxury stocks. It is usually not the the policy of many of these luxury houses not to do that. I can't remember the last time LVMH did a did a discount on their products. Nevertheless. Um, don't take it from me. Take it from the folks out at Caring, which mm. is the parent company of Gucci. They released earnings earlier today. Um, in, on Wednesday, they actually said that sales last year jumped, uh, saw impressive gains, especially from China. But they did, again, warn moving forward that revenues are probably going to get crimped because they've noticed already a significant decrease in traffic or or, or, or folks going to the stores in, uh, in mainland China to buy some of these products. They're all staying away. They're all trying to conserve their money. The opportunity here, though, is um, what a lot of uh, some luxury analysts actually pointed out that the trends now for some of these high-end buyers is for the folks at Caring and LVMH and uh, and Elmes, for instance. I'm just naming some of them off the top of sure. my head. Burberry is look if there's an item I really want, you're coming to my house and bringing all of that all of that inventory over. And then I get to pick and choose. That way they can minimize the, the, the contact or their, the amount of time they spent outdoors. So if they can get on that bandwagon, if they can start getting on that trend, if they can start mobilizing more of these operations to mimic something similar to these online delivery stores that we're seeing in China, you know, pretty much becoming the food panda of luxury. That Actually, could be something they could that's do. that's interesting <clears throat> that you say that because I have been, been spending some time with the premium car brands and they're Uh, talking about the same thing nobody wants to come to the showroom bring the car to me i'll test drive it and then i'll make a decision and the banks will handle what a perfect way to showcase the car you might want to buy though right just drive it up this driveway (laughs) does it look nice with my landscaping and my front door Hmm, yes well if you had half a million to a million dollars to buy a car then that is the kind of personalized service You'll expect. Mm-hmm. I think so. Especially going forward yeah, over and the if, next few months. If anyone months. can demand that, it's it's these luxury uh, luxury brands that uh, they, on a daily basis have to justify why they have these price tags on their on their on their products. Also, so I mean, look, it, all the bells and whistles are justified. I think. Jeff, no Prada handbag for the wife. No, no, she had no interest. She's a she's a hardworking Christian lady that would rather put the money. I see why you married her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. How about diamonds? How does she feel about diamonds? Uh, No, but I'll tell you what. When we were in Brisbane, she's needling you on Valentine's Day. I know it is Valentine's Day after all. Let's go on. No, but okay. Our hometown of Brisbane. When we were there recently, I I did show her the building that uh, the hourglass had 
bought in mm. Brisbane uh, mm. because there's a luxury brand selling the luxury watches and so forth. Mm. And uh, while we always will have challenges here and in, in Singapore, and, and last year it was obviously the the trade related issues. This year it's obviously a little bit more se- a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's still an abundance of opportunities being here in the red dot, you know, in the, in the city state. And I and keep saying that to JP. If somebody's losing money, somebody else is making it. Well, I mean that's the thing. It's like it's like ener- it's like a basic physics, right? Energy is energy and matter is never created or destroyed. It's just transferred from one place to another. It's a question of where is it getting moved at the moment, right? All right. Well, all eyes will be on the budget next week and uh, on Market View Wrap next week. We'll probably look at how many of those wish list items were actually answered. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as usual by JP Ong and uh, most Fridays by Jeff Howie on the SGX. Stay with us for more great stuff on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.